My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Welcome back to the show, you guys. Okay, we have a super exciting guest coming on. I haven't had a guest on like this before. Super excited. So the guest I'm bringing on, Linda Lippin, taught, started teaching philosophy and then started teaching Pilates part-time in 1989. She's had the honor of training Pilates teachers since 2000 with Physical Mind Institute and Real Pilates Teacher Training. And currently, she mentors teachers in her Pilates Teacher Mastermind class. She's won several awards and has helped a lot of wonderful clients in the past 33 years. She's currently specializing uh, specializes in Strong Bones Pilates, a safe online workouts for them, uh, and chronic pain management for women over 50 years of age. Linda, thanks so much for jumping on today. I appreciate you. Sorry if I got a little tongue-tied. It's been a crazy day for me as we were talking before. Um, but you know what? You know, it's probably best if you just dive in and tell us what you're up to and how you got to where you are today because I'm so excited. I've never had someone on that uh, specializes in teaching Pilates and stuff like that. So I'm really excited. And if you don't mind sharing your story, I would absolutely love that for my listeners. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. Um, so when I started teaching Pilates back in 1989, I was still in graduate school um, and I was a teaching assistant in graduate school. So I was teaching a fair number of classes there, but I really wanted something part-time. And I had started doing Pilates when I was an undergraduate at SUNY Purchase. So there was an ad in the Philadelphia city paper. I was at Temple for my PhD. And the ad was exercise instructors, part-time Pilates background preferred. And I thought, huh, I bet nobody else knows what Pilates is. And sure enough, I went in and I applied and I was the only person who they talked to who had had any Pilates experience, knew what the equipment was or anything like that. And I got the job. And it was a really great situation because I was teaching in a sports medicine podiatrist's office. It was the sports medicine podiatrist that worked with the Eagles, that worked with the Sixers, that worked with the Pennsylvania Ballet, and that worked with a number of unions. So I was able to kind of work with a really wide variety of clients who were, you know, experiencing pain and having other issues in their bodies. Um, I was also lucky enough to work alongside a fabulous uh, woman named Karen Carlson, who still teaches in Philadelphia. She's in her 60s. She's been teaching for about 40 something years now. Um, but, you know, I was really lucky to be able to kind of apprentice and mentor, you know, at the same time that I was starting to teach. And then, you know, as I became less enamored with academia um, and the structure of academia and the sexism of academia and the toxicity of academia. And I met my husband and I wasn't so interested, you know, when in academia, what you do as a young professor is you basically get jobs where you move around until you find a place that you like, where they give you tenure. 
if you're lucky, and then you kind of base there. And then I reached a point where that was no longer interesting to me. So I had a client who had been in back pain for 20 years. I got him out of that back pain and he wanted to open a studio and I went for it. Went all in. I went all in, all in, in the nineties. And, um, we opened a studio, started doing teacher training. It was fabulous. Um, when I left that partnership, I opened my own studios, I ended up winning um, Best of Philly in 2003. I moved to the Turks and Caicos Islands and (laughs) yes. Oh my gosh, guys, if you could see my expression right now. (laughs) (laughs) In 2005 to teach Pilates on the main island. Um, And then in 2007, my husband and I moved over to Parrot Key by Como, which is a very uh, A-list private island hotel and resort spa. And I hung out there um, for four years uh, running the Pilates and Fitness and ended up winning the Spa Finder Magazine Award for Best Pilates in the World for Parrot Key in 2011, which was the year that I left. And since I've been back, I came back to New York. I taught for a decade as a master teacher at Real Pilates and then as a lead trainer for part of that, that time. Um, and when, you know, COVID started, I immediately saw that I needed to move everything online. Now I had always been teaching partly online. So when I was, you know, on the tiny Island where you weren't going to get to me unless you were a guest or, you know, paid the money and got cleared to come over, I was teaching people online. I was teaching people via Skype. I was teaching them via FaceTime. There was no like recording, you know, Zoom didn't exist then. GoTo was just for enterprise webinar. Like none of that was happening. Uh, Podcasts weren't a thing yet. You know, none of that was a thing. So I started recording audio classes on CD that I would burn onto CDs for my clients who were traveling um, that now, you know, I sometimes give away as freebies, sometimes sell online. And I had always also been teaching Pilates teachers online. So I had started doing um, online sessions and this was, you know, seven, 10 years ago, the whole Pilates community was like, you can't teach Pilates effectively online. You have to be able to touch people. You have to be able to be on on the, you know, apparatus. And of course, if you own a Pilates studio and you've spent five figures on that equipment or, you you know, minimally, because each reformer costs about $4,000 plus, you know, plus all the other stuff. Yeah. You want to put bodies on that equipment (laughs) as it's depreciating in value. Absolutely. Make your money back. Um, So I really went all in, all in online. I got myself a business coach who was not not in the Pilates world, you know, started working on live launching, started working on podcasting, meetings, all, all the back end. And in the process, you know, of doing that, I discovered I really enjoyed serving clients online. I also ended up kind of re-niching because when I was in the studio here in Tribeca in lower Manhattan, we have a huge number of younger families 
right? And there's bigger spaces down here, Wall Street's down here, you know? So if you're in finance and you want a bigger space for your family, you're going to come down here. Right. And what started to happen was I just kept getting women with postpartum issues, with diastasis recti, with hernias, with prolapses. And so for about 10 years, not that I didn't work with other people, but that was really my specialty. That's where I did my continuing education. That's, you know, where I did all, all of this, but yeah. I'm 56 now. I'm not interested in hearing about baby issues. I'm not interested in hearing about nanny issues and getting into preschools and all of that stuff. But what I did discover was because I have a lot of chronic pain and come from, from a lifetime history of autoimmune um, disorders and chronic pain. And a lot of my clients are my age yeah. or older. And then I started seeing a lot of people with low bone density and osteoporosis I was like, this is the population that really needs to be served. And people with pain issues, people with low bone density, people with strength and mobility issues weren't getting any better sitting at home. No, not at all. I mean, because there's at least, you know, if you're in the office or you're in the Pilates studio or you're in the gym or wherever you're working, there's a minimal amount of like getting up and down that you do. There used to be more of it because you had to go to a copy machine or you had to walk to the fax machine or, you know, a little you bit actually, of walks here and there. Right. right. If you couldn't reach somebody by the wired phone, you had to walk over to their office and see, <laughs> you know, poke your head in and see yeah. if they were there. Yeah. There wasn't all of this, you know, let's just instant message and zoom from our desk, even though you're right, you know, down the hall um, because we can. Right. Yeah. So there was always, there was a going out to lunch. There was a physically getting to work. Even if you drove, you had to walk out to the car and at least walk yeah, in the exactly. parking lot. You know, there was something. Right. Now you can literally get up in the morning and just be sitting all day. As you know, because you do some of this yourself. We were just I, I need to start doing Pilates for sure. Right. Um, so I started realizing that there really was a, a population of women who needed this kind of work, who really wanted to be safe, who needed to be with somebody who really knew what they were doing. Right. Um, right. And it then just became for me a matter of finding, you know, finding those people. Right. And, and that, you know, that became my challenge. Now, of course, I was a able, obviously, to, to find those people. And then I also serve, you know, Pilates instructors. So I kind of have a B2B side and a B2C side, right? Yeah, okay. So my, my B2C side is my strong bones program and, you know, my women with chronic pain and osteoporosis. Um, on the B2B side, I serve Pilates instructors um, and I work with them on everything from setting their prices, setting up their businesses, getting their mindset correct. Um, I do a lot of coaching in that. I'm also a certified coach in that. Right. Um, and I work with them on continuing education as well, becoming comfortable on teaching special populations, um, teaching online. And it's interesting that I had always wanted to do a podcast. I love podcasts. I was always a big talk radio. I mean, even as a kid or as a love teen, this. I was very much into talk radio. You know, I mean, I, I came up well before the internet. Like I opened my first studio before the internet. 
So <laughs> like, I love that. You know, it's, it was, me, it was, it's meant to be. Yeah. And, you know, for me, you know, what people have to realize is we could all run our businesses and make money without the internet because we did a hundred percent and lots of us are, are alive and aren't that old who were doing that, you know, back yeah. then. And it right. was fine. It involved phone calls. It involved Rolodexes. It involved business card printing and exchange and exchanging and mailing letters and maybe FedExing every once in a while. Right, <laughs> like right. When we were all good and we could text message on our flip phones and, you know, it was all fine. So, <laughs> yeah. You're so right. Where, You're where so we right. With that. And what I realized was that I really wanted a way to number one, reconnect with a lot of my friends in the Pilates world that I would see at conferences or see at teacher training, you know, transmittals and, and things like that. Um, I, you know, I have friends in Australia and New Zealand, like all over the world who are teaching Pilates and do, doing great things. So I wanted to kind of have a forum for them, right. To have them on the show. Then there's also a lot of stuff going on in the Pilates world right now. That's, that's a little, you know, stressful. There's, you know, the in-person versus online, how we want to work with people. There's teachers who are coming up. There's now teacher training programs that are not comprehensive Pilates programs, but separate out Pilates mat, Pilates reformer, and the other pieces of apparatus, which is not what I recommend people do if they want to learn to teach Pilates, by the way, because it's a system and it all kind of works together. And once you learn the whole, then you're able to kind of parse it out. Okay. I see what you're saying. What you need for different clients. And, you know, I really wanted a way to, in kind of short bursts, reach more Pilates teachers and more potential Pilates clients with just facts. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there was a lawsuit about uh, 20 years ago over using the word Pilates. Um, a man named Sean Gallagher, who's a physical therapist here in New York, bought the Pilates estate and bought the Pilates trademark that Joseph Pilates himself had done, but had never really, you know, used. And when he bought it, he then proceeded to send out cease and desist letters and start suing people for using the word Pilates. Um, so everybody got together. There was a class action lawsuit and in a very uncharacteristic move, and you can actually read the entire decision is actually on the Harvard Law website because it's that interesting. Oh because my gosh. Because the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office rarely, rarely makes a trademark generic, right? Or overturns a trademark. Yeah. And they overturned this one. you know, decades after it was filed. And it was due to fraud on the part of the people who were claiming they had the trademark. And it was, you know, due to a a whole host of issues that really had made Pilates generic. Uh, Now, that same person, the same person right now, 20 something years later, is suing Pilates teachers again for using- You just won't get get it. Get over it, will he? For using historical images that he claims he owns because he bought them with the estate. Now, you know, that 
that question obviously needs to be decided because he, I mean, he he and his people have gotten uh, Pilates teachers' social media accounts shut down by making trademark infringement claims, you know, to Meta and. And there was a whole cover story actually in the New York Times style section on this a couple of weeks ago. So it's it's oh, kind of a gosh. big it's a big thing. Now, I was like, I need to be able to talk to more people. I need to be able to talk to more people about these things. We need to talk about. I need to bring in my my mindset coaches and my healing coaches to talk about you know how we can bring the community together again after, you know, these kind of splintering things. Right. Um, and I also, you know, I just have a lot to say. I have a lot to say about neutral spine and how it's not a thing. I have a lot to say about muscle confusion and how right. even though Beachbody's been saying that forever, not a thing. Um, <laughs> you know, I have a lot to say about how people um, should be training and, and teaching and working with special populations and also and for clients about how to find a good Pilates teacher, you, you know, all of this, working online versus working in person, what's effective, what isn't effective, how to modify things. Time, you know, there's just so much. Yeah, and there's so much to cover. Finally, so much. And I finally sat down one day and I recorded an episode, the myth of neutral spine. I, I riff a lot off of the questions that I see and comments that come up in like Pilates teacher groups on Facebook, right? Okay. Yeah. Where they're like, where I see them like struggling with, you know, how do I position clients who are having this thing and I'm trying to keep the spine neutral and I'm like, just stop it. Just stop it. Stop it. Stop right. it. I'm stop it right now. Right. Let just me stop talk it right to you. now. And let me talk to you about proper positioning, the fact that like every time you move your body or breathe, your spine's moving because it's like attached to your rib cage, you know, like things like that. Yeah. And then I just kind of kept going with that. And then I had, you know, people reaching out to me, can I be on the podcast? And, and so now, you know, the Pilates Goddess podcast is available everywhere you can listen to podcasts. Um, I just reached, I'm about three and a half months in. I mean, not that long. I just did my 30th episode. That's not episode. long at all. And you've no, already today, got- Today was my 30th episode. And yes, I publish on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Okay. And I'm up to over 2,500 downloads because I just got the Buzzsprout email on that one. Um, so I'm already doing, you know, close to about 1,500 downloads a month. It's just growing and, and growing. And- you know, what I love about it is number one, I only do audio, right? So I use either Zoom or Zencaster, depending on, you know, what my client's coming in on, but I always have the video on so we can see each other and have a chat, but I only record the audio. Yeah. And I find that it's a lot more freeing for people, my guests, especially it's a lot more kind of comfortable, even for me, less pressure, because feeling, I don't, right? You, yeah. You're not sitting there. Like, is the eyeglass, you know, the eyeglass glare, the whatever, like uh, I don't I hear have to worry about it. I just sit here yeah. with my great microphone and my MacBook and, you know, comfortably do my thing. And, yeah. and it's been interesting. It's been extremely well-received and 
I was kind of excited because I've, you know, posted a couple of episodes, say, about this new lawsuit where I used some slightly colorful language <laughs> to discuss. <laughs> I was going to say, on well, the other, on the other side of the lawsuit. And, um, and I just got my first one star rating on, on Apple podcasts. And I was kind of excited about that because I do talk about things that are contentious. Right. And I feel like if you're you're talking about things that are contentious, you got to be pissing somebody off at some point or you're not doing your job. And that could also be the, the, the philosophy professor in me coming out as well, right? You are all yeah, here in college to be disturbed in thought. That's why you're here. You are here at this moment in your life to question everything, every exactly. single thing. You are here to and be if disturbed. There's... You are here to stay up late at night and worry about this stuff because it's important stuff. And you've been fed stuff your whole life, right? All life. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's, you know, what I try to do on, on the Pilates Goddess podcast is bring up the stuff that's contentious in the community, bring up, mm-hmm. you know, the things that I feel Pilates teachers and Pilates clients should know about um, and be talking about and have some understanding of. So like just this morning, you know, my, my uh, podcast today is about pricing your services as a Pilates teacher. And it's literally a riff off of a, of a question that came up in a Pilates teacher Facebook group where a new teacher asks, and this happens all the time in every service profession now, by the way. So I'm an up and coming teacher. I'm about to finish my, my, you know, full training. And I have a few clients who are asking about doing private, you know, one-to-one sessions. What's the going rate in my area? And I was like, oh, honey, (laughs) That is not how you price your services. No. Because number one, you don't know if those other people are actually making enough money. Yeah. Are they profitable? Like who are you how attracting? On their prices, right. Who are you working with? Who are you attracting? And yeah. how much money do you need to make? Right? So I did an episode on, you know, you need to sit down and number one, you need to figure out really how much you need to make, how much is, you know, how much is everything that you do or want to do? You want to go on a vacation once in a while. You want to go out once in a while. You want to get dinner. Price accordingly. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You also know, I mean, if, if uh, I know for me with a high end clientele, always, whether I was on the main line of Philadelphia or here, you know, in lower Manhattan um, or online, you, when you're dealing with higher net worth people, they tend to travel more. Uh, some of my retired snowbirds, when I had my brick and mortar studio, would spend, you know, three or four months out of the year, unless they were back for board meetings or something in Florida. Yeah. So I had to plan, you know, things for those months that the clients weren't there, right? Or how, you know, or how do we work our cash flow for the year so we can navigate the months that the snowbirds leave? Because it wasn't just my clients personally, it was, you know, other clients in the studio as well. Like, how do we keep things so that we, you know, have consistent income, right? And are able to kind of weather through those storms. And 
And, you know, all of these need to be taken into account. I also remind Pilates teachers that they don't just have to trade dollars for hours. So, you know, we were talking about, I run a strong bones. I run programs that are four to six weeks where people can just come in to, you know, more intense work with me and kind of walk away with those videos and, and move forward. I also run, you know, within the Strong Bones online studio, you can come and take classes individually, but you can also do monthly and annual memberships Okay, you know, that yeah. allow you access to the on-demand studio. For Pilates instructors, I have the same thing with my Pilates Teacher Mastermind program or other like Pilates Mat Mastery and other uh, programs or workshops that I might do where they're either, you know, paying once to be in say a six to eight week container where they're, you know, getting the work that they need and then have access to that forever. Or um, they're coming into my Pilates teacher mastermind program, which is monthly with different yeah. levels, right? They can either just, you know, pay 29 bucks a month and just get my pre-recorded workshops and a couple of newsletters and be good to go. They can spend a little bit more and have some group Zoom coaching and some group Zoom, you know, workouts with me every month. They can pay a little bit more and have a 30 minute private added, added in. Right. You so, can upsell often through this, right? Exactly. So that you can then have multiple streams of income. You have regular subscription income, then you have your private clients and you have your classes really leveraging. and you run programs and you kind of leverage off of all of that. Now, what's interesting to me too, is that a lot of folks, you know, say that they're starting a podcast because they want to monetize the podcast. And for me, I don't, I don't think that's the way to approach the podcast. See, for me, the podcast is simply another arm of kind of serving my people, right? Um, but in a much uh, broader way, because my potential for a bigger audience is, you know, very much there. Um, the people who I record love it because even though we're recording live, again, it's audio only and it's not live streaming. You know, and I think too that people kind of, you also need to think in, in the podcasting world. And I know, you know, you guys have a lot of screening, right? For folks who come on your shows is, yeah. is who do I want to have on and what kind of energy do I really want to be there? Um, I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts this morning, which is um, Glennon Doyle and, Ab and uh, Glennon and Amanda and Abby Wambach's podcast, We Can Do Hard Things. And today's episode was very interesting to me because it was a kind of an episode in a way, because the way it started out was we had a guest who we really wanted to see and we really wanted to work with. And we have been deep diving into her work and, and her books and her stuff for like the last few weeks, getting ready for this interview. And when she showed up to the pre-interview tech check, you know, with our staff, with our team, her husband was there and started getting upset. And as he started getting upset, he started raising his voice and he started, and then she was kind of going along with it. So the team member kind of came back to them and said, hey, we just got done with the tech check, but this happened. And they 
got back on with the woman and her husband and said, we're not doing this. This we're is not, not a seven. fit. This is not a fit. This is not the energy we're bringing. And, and their response um, was even worse was, oh, was so-and-so upset? Wow. Well, no, you behaved in a way to our team that was inappropriate. That's what happened. Hmm. And and it and their side just kind of continued the, you know, they're we'll that energy. That we've been on other podcasts. This has never happened before. And they were like, fine. That's fine. Good. You're still not coming on ours, kind of thing. You're right? still not coming on ours today or ever. And then you can go be on those other people's podcasts and we're good with that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. now we're just gonna oh record. And they were like, I can't even believe that happened today. Well, I mean, it's not like you don't know who you're, whose podcast you're getting on. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Right? When you people know. come on mine, they know who I am. They know what my stance on things generally is. Right. Um, and, I, and I feel like, you know, that's the, what the podcast is, is about, right? It's about getting information out there in a really easily digestible way to our people right without and then bringing them into our world as they might want to so you know i'll run like frankly you can run your own ads in your own podcasts yeah (laughs) you can you know do podcasts surrounding which i do on occasion your programs or other things like in in the pricing podcast that i put out today i talk about joining pilates teacher mastermind yep why? Yeah, like because you can just once you're in there, you'll get all this information directly from me, especially if you sign up for one of the higher level subscriptions where you're going to get your groups with me and your privates with me. Period. So I it's kind easy. of ran my own ad. That's not, you know, if you're and I run some other ads in my podcast, like it's grown enough that I I've been able, you know, to do that. Um I, you know, I host through Buzzsprout and they have that kind of worked in um, to, to my plan. And, but I didn't start my podcast to monetize the podcast. I started my podcast as an ancillary arm to being able to serve more people and then possibly bring people into my world. And then also be on other people's podcasts. There you go. Like (laughs) the connections, like just you, you understand this because you have a podcast, like these connections are just unreal like the connections you can make from all over the world and the doors that open just by having a podcast it's it's truly incredible so it is and you know I like it a lot better than doing live streams I have to tell you I do too because I Mm -hmm. do a lot of live I do a lot of live stream video as well I also I use restreams so I do you know pre-recorded pushed out as live like I do those things but I even had it happen to me once where you know I was in a a great women's networking group for about a year. Um, and I met a woman through the networking group who, you know, did, did some kind of online marketing and coaching in a way that I thought would really resonate right with my people. Okay. And I bring her on and we do a live stream. And at the end of the live stream, we stop and, you know, we're doing our like end of live stream chat. 
And I say to her, you know, if there's anything I can do to help serve your clients, let me know. And she looked at me and she said, well, I'm very protective about who comes into my client's world. Right. They're, you know, this kind of person. And I just thought to myself, you just took time and energy for me and now and got in front of my audience, which is not necessarily the hugest audience, but is a very tuned in active audience. Yep. Yep. And you just said that to me. (laughs) That's just, that is so, I don't like that. Right. I was like, that is not cool. That is not cool. And in fact, as I was moving into the podcast, I was going through my list of people that I've done live streams with to reach out and say, Hey, got the podcast going now. Can I either redo the interview, you know, just restream the interview basically that we did live, but as an audio on the podcasts and yeah, send, you know, send me new links and whatever programs you're doing for the show notes. And we'll do that. And 99% of people, you know, are, are totally on board for that. And I got to that person and I was like, yeah, you I'm got that you. 1% not emailing you. No, <laughs> oh, that's too bad. Right. But there, there, there's always going to be someone out there like that. Right. Which is unfortunate, but right. But then I, but also, you, just... you know, I was with the woman, um, this morning on one on a podcast in a podcast group and she was flipping out because she had a one-star review and I made a comment and I said honey I just got my first one-star rating and I wish they had actually written a comment so I would know like kind of who and and what yeah they were, were, it's were funny thinking. how so many won't write a comment but they have no problem to rate it right <laughs> right but I'm like, you know, if you're if you're saying things that are important then people there will be people out there who don't agree. Yeah, it, so it means you're kind of happy for my something star. right. I was like, good, good. Yeah, there's that saying that's like, if you're doing something right, there's like, there's always going to be someone that doesn't, or if there's people that don't like you, it means you're doing something right. Exactly. You know? Exactly. <laughs> so, Linda, tell me a bit about exactly your focus and desire for this next year with the podcast. This next year, I just, I want to continue on my, my twice a week schedule. Um, I'm continuing to kind of up level in terms of the guests that I have on. Um, I'm bringing on actually some of the business um, gurus who I work with, you know, where I'm using their programs, um, Mm -hmm. where I'm their client, but they've helped me a lot. (laughs) And I'm just, I, I'm just, you know, I'm excited. I'm just kind of here and watching it grow and kind of seeing, you know, what happens. I'm hoping, um, I'm hoping to get, yes, a little more sponsorship on the podcast. Um, but I'm really picky. So, Mm -hmm. um, if you're going to associate, you know, your name with me and my work, I'm, I'm very, you know, kind of, kind of like that client who said it to me or (laughs) But, but no, that's am, different. I, that's you know, different. But I think that's very, very different. Um, yeah. Yeah. And also I am now moving to being uh, more of a presence on other people's podcasts. <laughs> I like the mixture of both, right? You have guests, you are a guest. So that's exciting because you just started yes. in this podcasting world, which is like, 
only you said three months, right? About yeah. three months. Yeah. Like you, you seem like a natural for it, but like you said, all these years you've, you know, you knew that this is the, kind of your platform kind of thing. Right? right. So now tell me a bit about like, okay, so your, your client acquisition for your programs now, or do you find that a lot are coming from the podcast or what is your process like with your client acquisition? Some are coming from the podcast. Um, And I also, because then I share, you know, all over social media, I share little, little sound bites and, and things like that. So yes, I am. And then I'm able to then use the podcast episodes when people have questions. So for example, today, like the guy who had the question about setting his prices, Mm -hmm. I was like, here's a podcast episode (laughs) that might interest you. Check it out. Yeah. Or I (laughs) get, you know, I see questions about neutral spine or I see questions about osteoporosis and I'm like, here you go, go check it out. Yeah. Um, This is perfect, right? Yeah. You you have the recordings. They have a lot of value in there. You can just click, click, click and get the people their information that they need. Also, like the people who are wanting to become clients have questions like this is also another easy way to follow up with them with like a podcast hey check this out and see like the information the value in there right so exactly and then um and then I can bring people more into my world right then it's like oh do you want to join my email newsletter do you want this you know and then yeah I have free Facebook group, uh, Pilates Profit Lab for Pilates teachers, Strong Bones Pilates for Pilates clients. Um, So, you know, I serve people there as well. And yeah, you know, people reach out to me via DMs. Um, I'm Linda Lippin, Linda Lippin Pilates everywhere. So it's like easy to find me (laughs) if people want to. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually, like like, just today, I got an email from a woman who I worked with, you know, 25 years ago. Oh my god. She was like, "Hey, you you know my body. I've got Pilates equipment in my house. You teach via Zoom. Can we do this?" And I was like, "Yeah." This is incredible. Hey, and like it's so funny just down the road the people that are going to come from the podcast and be like, "Hey, look, I've actually been listening to this podcast for some time now. I think right. you're the one. Can I want to sign up?" You know? Which yeah. is amazing. I like it. Definitely. I like it. So tell me a bit about, you know, and we kind of touched on it maybe a little bit, but I know um, I did want to just ask you in regards to um, scaling. Now, I know, like I said, we did touch on that a bit, but growing a Pilates and fitness business online and how your podcast has helped your business for other people that are possibly trying to do the same thing you are doing. Any word of advice when doing that? Well, I think number one, you know, if, if you want to start it, start it. Like I sat there going, I'm going to start it. I'm going to start it. I'm going to start it. And then once I started it, I was having such a good time that it was great. Um, I think that, you know, you, again, think about what your unique value is as a Mm -hmm. Pilates instructor or a fitness instructor or yoga teacher, whatever it is that you're doing what value it is that you bring to your clients. What do they say to you? What are your testimonials looking like, right? And then bring that value to a wider audience. Um, 
And, you know, there are podcasters that just do every other week or once a week. I really recommend doing it on a regular schedule. People know that I drop on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So, you know, they're ready if there's, yeah. And they're subscribing in their app. It's, and I'm the same way. It's like, I know that say, you know, uh, we can do hard things drops on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I know that, you know, armchair expert drops on, <laughs> you know, Mondays, you and know, Thursdays. It's yeah. I know. And, and so, you know, on different days, I'm like, oh, I'll listen to this, or I don't feel like listening to that right now. I'll put it aside and listen to it another time. Um, but it's really, it just becomes another place for people to find you and get to know you and then get to trust you. And that's what people need to do before they're going to spend a chunk of money on you. percent. that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. They need to see you. They need to hear you. They need to know what you're doing, know what you're about. And you can do some of that in a blog and you can do some of that in social and you can do some of that, you know, in all these other places. But you know, if you want to sit down and go through a solid, you know, 15, 20 hours of hearing what Linda has to say about stuff, you can do that on my podcast. Right. They can binge listen. Right. And then later on, like after, like, I think I mentioned this earlier, but so many people I have on interviews, this is one thing they always um, bring up is the fact that, you know, oh, I'm getting clients coming to me all the time that are like, Oh, by the way, I've listened to your podcast for two years now and I love it. And like, they have already built that trust and relationship just because they consistently watch your podcast and you don't even know like who's watching. Right. So right. I think it is, I think you're right about, you know, be consistent um, really. And it's building a relationship even before you meet the person because those people who, who listen and like you, like they're going to keep going back. They're going to keep listening. Right. And then eventually a lot of them might turn into clients. Exactly. And don't be so concerned about the ratings and the reviews and all of that. Just keep doing your thing. Say what you got to say, you know, talk about your work and other people's work and (laughs) collaborate and build community and people will come. Absolutely. Yeah. We can't focus on those, you know, negative comments and ratings and stuff like that, because I feel like a lot of people hold back because of the fear and that's one of the fears and that should not just, right. That should not matter. The fact is people are going to judge you. Yeah. Always. People always and always. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we all do. We do it by, like it comes naturally. You know, if you're sitting there thinking like I, but I want a judgment free zone for my podcast. Well, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. they're going to listen to you. They're going to judge you. It's okay. It's what we all do as human beings. So yeah. And it doesn't matter. Put yourself out there or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really but what it comes down to. It does. And like, I just encourage everyone listening, like to take that leap of faith and just do it. Who cares? And don't be so hard on yourself. Like we're human. We're going to make mistakes. Like it, when I listen to my first episode, I'm like, Oh, cringe. <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter though. Just get it out there and start. It's, that's how you're going to grow. So, right. And the thing to do is, is not, you know, stop worrying so much about like, is my cover art perfect? Or do I sound perfect or, or anything like that? Just go ahead and make the thing. There's just plenty get started. Of free tools. There's plenty of, you know, plenty of free Facebook groups, 
there's all kinds of things around podcasting. Um, there are plenty of podcasts about podcasting as well, but oh, some yeah. of them are really <laughs> useful, right? Yeah. Um, and and just just do it. You know, you'll grow. Your audience will grow with you. And you know, and it just be again. You know, it's like writing a book or doing another thing. It just becomes more content that people can find you online, and you know, again, build that no like and trust factor. Absolutely, like and trust is huge. It's huge, huge, huge. So to to grow that business, you know, they have to be able to trust you, and there's got to be that relationship involved too. So mm-hmm. this is amazing. Well, Linda, you know, all the the things that you mentioned, like Turks and, and Caicos, like that you've been to and all these places traveling with yoga and then teaching it online. I love that. And so like that made my day. I'm like, ah, she's going to the places that I want to go. <laughs> um, so I love that you're able to do that, you know, with what you're doing and, and that you have done that before. And, um, I encourage anyone that's listening that would like that kind of lifestyle to reach out to Linda. Linda, what is the best way to connect with you? People can uh, find me again on all social media as either Linda Lippin or Linda Lippin Pilates. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm questioning my Twitter right now. Um, so I, I wouldn't kind of count on that just because of the way things are going there right now. Um, <laughs> I'm a believer, you know, in freedom of speech to a point. Um, yeah. and you can also just come to my website. It's my name, lindalippin.com. Um, everything is on there. There's a big contact me button right on the homepage of the website where you can, there is actually, it's perfect. There is in there. You've seen it. Um, yeah. where you can just email me uh, directly. My phone number is on there. Uh, you can also go to PilatesGoddess.com, which will take you to the podcast um, and all of my contact info, all the links to my social um, and website are all there on the show page as well. Love it. Linda, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your amazing journey. It's honestly, it's a beautiful, beautiful story. And I'm happy that my listeners can kind of hear everyone's stories. And like, I've never had someone on with Pilates or, or yoga or anything like that. So this was really exciting for me, uh, as well as I'm my happy. listeners. Yeah, I am too. I'm super happy. Now, um, I'd love to get you back in in the near future, like even within the next year here, uh, because I know you're only three months into your podcast, but I can just imagine how much more information and value you will be yes. able to add to my listeners in uh, within a year's time. So uh, with all your consistency and stuff like that. So I appreciate you for coming on and I thank you so much. Thank you. Have a of great course. rest of your day. Of course. Thank you so much. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur or higher, please go to top100interview.com if you'd like to come on just like our lovely Linda did today to share some value uh, for our listeners. I'd love to have you on. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Linda. Catch you on the next one. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. 
One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.